0: Speak to my weary heart Strengthen my broken parts Lead me to your open arms
1: Word of truth Welcome to Idaho Catholic Podcast, coming from, to you from the beautiful and faith-filled Western Idaho. In this podcast, we attempt to share a perspective relevant to modern life and grounded in the faith. My name is Deacon Pat, and the co-hosts today are Daryl and Mike. Hey guys!
2: Hey, good hey. evening.
1: Yeah. <laughs> hey, maybe you guys could say a little bit about yourself. The so listeners will know who you are and who they're talking to.
2: Well, thanks for having me on, Deacon Pat. Uh, so my name is Mike Roberts. I live in Caldwell, Idaho, and I am a married man. I've got six kids with one on the way, so very exciting, due uh, in August. And I am actually a convert to the Catholic faith. I grew up, What I, I, I don't know if I coined this term, but I like to say I'm a cradle Protestant. <clears throat> and in in 2006, I was received into the church shortly after my Protestant pastor converted. And I, I just had to look into it. So um, I've been Catholic since 2006 and been raising my kids in the church. It, it's just been a, a, an awesome time. You know, I think um, people talk about the glory days, you know, being... Back, back when they did something great or when things were going awesome, whatever. But I feel like, you know, my wife and I were just talking the other day about how right now we are living in the glory days. There's lots of, lots of hardships and difficulties, difficulties that come with having a large family and raising kids, but we are living in the glory days now.
1: Wow, that's great. Hey, I got lost. I was listening to you, and I looked over at your right arm, and I'm looking at a bottle over there. What's that bottle that's sitting next to you?
2: Oh, so this is something I picked up recently called the Kraken. (laughs) What is that? (laughs) It is uh, black spiced rum. Wow. uh, It it looks, the bottle looks a little dangerous there. It is pretty delicious. It's got the old, uh, I don't know what you call those. I call them the thumb holes uh, back in the, you know, western... Shows uh, you know like it reminds me of like a John Wayne movie you know where you stick your thumb through the the little ring in the side of the bottle and lift it up and swig I, not- I
0: noticed that you brought it over half full. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey Daryl, so tell us a little bit about yourself.
0: Hi Deacon Pat, um, yeah, my name is Daryl Falconberg. Um, I'm also a convert to the Catholic faith, and um, I'm uh, a young adult and a single young adult, 23 years old. I'm actually a convert from uh maybe an agnosticism. You could probably uh you probably could have classified me as a nun, uh not an N U N but an N O N E. Um just nothing in particular. Uh I ended up converting to the Catholic faith when I was in college. Um it was a slow and uh somewhat a steady uh conversion from this indifferentism, this agnosticism to to becoming Catholic, but um, here I am, and
1: uh... welcome, welcome. So at least our listeners now have a little bit of an idea of who you guys are. And um, as I mentioned in our intro, I'm Deacon Pat, I'm one of the deacons at Our Lady of the Valley Parish. I was ordained about 10 years ago. I'm married to a beautiful, wonderful lady, and I have uh, three kids that are grown. Well, let's jump into some talk topics. We um, <clears throat> picked a few topics that we thought might be interesting. I wanted to run them by you guys, Daryl and Mike, and tell me what you think. So the first one is, how does one discern things in their life? The next one is, how to live a Catholic life in the modern world? And the third is, what are some of the traps that the devil uses and how are we to deal with them? Do any of those uh, spark an interest with you guys?
0: Um, maybe the first one? Uh, the, the first All one of them kind of- All sound good. Yeah, the first one kind of in company, uh, in companies
1: what what we want to talk about today yeah or? it kind
0: of encompasses all three of them oh wonderful yeah. okay so how does one
1: discern things in their life do, do you guys have some insights into that or some examples what do you think how does one discern oh boy. things in
2: their life you know it's like the age-old question is what, what does god god want me to do with my life and um it's uh it can be overwhelming when you think about that cuz you 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 i think when you're younger probably i you know speaking from my experience when i was younger wanting to know exactly specifically what god wanted me to do and and being so future minded that you don't see what um what, what what is right in front of you you know
1: yeah you know that makes me think <clears throat> You know, I went, Liz and I went through this formation program years ago. And one of the topics that they taught was on discernment. And uh, it was called the Disciples of Jesus and Mary. And one of the things they had us do is, um, is kind of painstakingly go through our whole life and to look at, you know, the glorious things in our life, the things that we struggled with, the temptations in our life where we've made horrible decisions in our life and all of those different experiences to apply a virtue to those. Because as as most people know, you know, God's hand is in everything in life and the successes in our life and the failures in our life, his hand is in there. He either willed things to happen or he allowed things to happen. But why does he do that? He does that for us to be able to gain virtue in our life. So as we went through our whole life and we were identifying what virtues in our life God was trying to really build up within ourselves, it gave us a better idea on who God wanted us to be. And what what we were taught from that was once you have a clearer idea of who God has been forming you to be throughout all your life, and I'll give an example. Let's say through that that evaluation of your life, it had become clear to you that you really were made and were being formed to be this humble, loving servant. So that is really who you are and how God is creating you to be. And then when you make decisions in your life, you can hold that up to those decisions. Making that decision in life, taking that job, or marrying that person, or moving to that area, to a new area, or buying that car, does it really fit in with being that humble, loving servant. And maybe it does and maybe it doesn't, but, but it gives you a pretty good idea with, are you really following the course that God has laid in front of you throughout your life? Anyway, that was one avenue I just wanted to share with you guys. And I just took a bunch of time. So let me turn this over to Daryl.
0: Well, you just made me think, um, well, a, a really prominent assumption in the world today is that you control your life and it's up to you decide the meaning of your life it's up to you to decide the things that you should be doing big and small in the day-to-day and in what god made you to be in the grand scheme of things but uh as catholics we we believe that it's not us who control our life our life isn't about us it's about god and so just just realizing that almost that your life isn't just about you that it's that your life is about being a servant for god Hey, so I have a question for you guys, because I, I, I think I just
1: realized I'm the only cradle Catholic in this room right here. You two really have come to the Catholic faith later in life. So what you just mentioned, is that really a Catholic thought or is that a Christian thought? Um,
0: what do you guys have to say about that? It definitely wasn't a thought that I had before I was Catholic or before I began my conversion process. Um, I probably would have been shocked to hear somebody say otherwise. I, I, I would have probably thought, well, is, isn't it just common sense that we control the destiny of our life and that it's up to us to decide who we are meant to be? It's up to us to decide uh, the meaning of our existence. So, uh, yeah, in, in the world and um, in what I believed before becoming Catholic, I, I definitely would, would say that, that would is a, a normal way of of viewing the world for a lot of people. So
1: that saying that I think most of us have all heard, you can be anything that you want to be.
2: Is that really a Catholic thought though? I think, I I think that's just, I I think it's, it's baloney. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, it's like, yeah, Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm six, four, you know, and I, I love playing basketball in high school, but I'm no NBA player, you know, and I don't, I don't know that I could have worked hard enough to become an NBA player. So, I mean, to a certain extent, you—I you, would say—you can be anything that God has called you to be, right? Yeah, I think that's right. That's where my my mind was right. going. I, is, I figure so. Yeah,
1: I, I agree. So, what about prayer? Where, where does prayer fall into? You know, discerning things in life. Pivotal. You have, you have to yeah. do it. <laughs> and 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 how? I mean how. What kind of prayer? How right. do you pray, especially when you're discerning something in your life?
2: Well, yeah, because there are, there are like many many tools, you know. It's like a toolbox, <clears throat> excuse me. And prayer is like the best tool in that toolbox, I think. And but there are many other things that you can use to discern, um, what you know to to use for for discernment. Like um, so prayer, so what that you, so you can flesh out many options, many different types of prayer. Uh, prayer in community, prayer alone, prayer in front of the Blessed Sacrament, prayer through the Rosary. You know, So um, prayer in private.
1: You know, you just said something that kind of sparked an interest with me. Um, <clears throat> when when someone talks about prayer, I, I don't think the first thing that comes to my mind is praying in community. You, you said that, and um, actually, it's true. I know that that is true, but that doesn't come to my mind when I think of prayer. I think of more of a, an intimate conversation with God. But there's something very powerful and special about praying in
2: community. Do you guys have any thoughts about that at all? Well, you know, I, when I think back to my favorite times of prayer in community, um, you know, we're all limited by our own experiences, but I, I, I think I experienced that actually better, more fully in the my Protestant pre-Catholic life, now that I think about it. You know, there was lots of prayer services where we'd get together and pray. We would share with one another our burdens, our struggles in life, and we would lay hands on each other and pray for one another and speak you know, use the gifts of the Holy Spirit to speak words of encouragement and edification over each other. And I don't know that I've I don't I don't know. I think that's something that's lacking probably in the Catholic spheres that I've been in. I don't know, but what about you guys? What do you what yeah. what are your experiences?
1: <clears throat> I, I think I agree with you that it's something that is not really present in, in most Catholic parishes you might have some different spin-off groups sure. that might you know call themselves a charismatic group or something like that 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 might be you know more prevalent in but i think for a lot of catholics and i don't know that this is a good thing um, i don't know if it's a bad thing either but their faith is more reserved and i and i think it's something that they internalize a lot they could believe very fervently in what they believe in but it's an internal faith for a lot of them. And I think that is problematic for some Catholics because especially when we talk about evangelization, they could have the strongest faith in the world, but nobody knows it.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And and I don't think that they, they're not in practice of sharing it with others. And I think that's where our Protestant brothers and sisters sometimes um, <clears throat> can teach us something is sure. when they reach out and they invite and they share their faith. You hear this all the time, or at least, I I, I I think I've heard this, I've never been a Protestant, but where people share their testimonies. That's not a Catholic thing. It, it it probably should be, you know, conversion stories or reconversions, things like that, but it's not a common word that you hear within the Catholic faith. Hmm.
0: Um, might I recommend something, uh, Mike, is um, it Mass, just thinking of the concept of the mystical body throughout the Mass, so uh, the... The church is Christ's mystical body. It's a community across time, or it's a a community across space. So we're literally a community in the church, all gathering around the altar, worshiping God together, but also a community across time. Mm. So we're gathering with all of the saints. We're gathering in a way with all the Catholics before us in time. So the, the Catholic faith almost enriches that community aspect because we're we're gathering together with all baptized Christians, all baptized Catholics across both space and time. And so, I, yeah, I agree with Pat that it's kind of an internal way of, mm. of uh, coming to Mass.
1: I think our faith is so big <clears throat> that we get lost in it sometimes. And, and I'll give you an example of that. <clears throat> as, as priests and deacons in, in the Catholic Church, are obligated to pray uh, the divine office, the, the the official prayers of the church every morning, every night. There's additional prayers as well, but I know for deacons, that's that's what I am, so I know what, what I'm responsible for. Um, I took a, I, I promised the bishop, and I took an oath, that I would pray morning prayer and evening prayer. And what that is, basically, it's the official prayers of the church. So every Catholic around the world, on a particular day, is praying the same prayers in the morning and praying the same prayers throughout the day and praying the same prayers at night. So when I when I do pray my prayers, um, especially in the morning at night, and I'm sitting in my chair and I'm all by myself and I have my, my uh, divine office with me and I sit down to pray, I'm actually connecting and the idea behind this is the whole Catholic Church around the world stops what they're doing, although we're in different time zones, Um, but to pray the same prayers and we pray together as a united faith. And so we're we're so big, even though we're doing these prayers sometimes even privately, we're connected with something that is so large and so big and has been around for so many years, 2,000 years. We've done it pretty much the same way all along. I think we get lost in how powerful that really is. Sometimes, like when I prayed my prayers this morning, I prayed the same prayers this morning as the Pope prayed, all the cardinals prayed, all the bishops prayed, all the deacons, all the priests, all the religious around the world, we all prayed the same words at what would be our morning time this morning. That's powerful. Something to think about. Yeah. (laughs) So we're still on the topic, though, of, of how do we discern things in life? Someone once mentioned to me that having a sense of peace or peacefulness when you make a decision could be maybe a tool for discernment. you guys have any thoughts about that when you make a decision or maybe after you make a decision? Are you peaceful with that decision? Are you not peaceful? Any thoughts do you guys have?
2: Well, peace is definitely something you want to have. And I think where, where you have peace you're more likely to have Christ in your life, right? Um, of course, though, you know, feelings come and go, right? So that's not necessarily the end, the end all be all of, of deciding or discerning things is, is, is a sense of peace. Um, but it's definitely something that, you know, the, the product of that decision that you're making, that you're discerning, the, the, net, in, the net result should be peace. If it's not gonna cause peace, I think that should that should be uh uh you know, that should cause concern and you should think about getting some outside help. <laughs> you know, through through friends, you know, and, and could, or like for me, of course my main outside help is gonna be my wife, right? She's gonna be the person who who uh, I bounce ideas off first. And then um, I then I go to others, you know, for, for things. So, so so let's jump on, um,
1: let's jump on that kind of that topic of going to others for advice. And um, what about spiritual direction? Um, what do you guys know about spiritual direction? Both guys look at each other with a blank <laughs> stare. <laughs> so, spiritual
0: direction. So well, what, you know, I. That- I, I know that um, I rely quite a bit on uh, a small group of people, that, and I probably contact them often. Um, I, have a, I have a friend who's um, living out of the country right now, what I call him pretty regularly for spiritual direction. Um, I have a, a priest who lives in the area here that I go to quite a bit. Um, I think it's indispensable having uh, somebody who you can kind of bounce ideas off with, somebody... Who has a different perspective, a third party who can look at your life with you from an outside perspective and let you know if you're, you know, kind of going off track or if you're, if you're on track.
1: It's got to be somebody that I I believe anyway, it's got to be somebody who is really grounded in their faith. They're grounded in their life. They have lived life to some degree where they've gained wisdom, I think, in their life. Someone told me that if you're really looking for a spiritual director, it should be those things, someone that, that can really guide you through experience, has a really a, a good, um, useful, and grounded spiritual life, but also be comfortable enough within themselves that will call you out on things and say, Daryl, did you just hear what you really said? <laughs> Is that really what you want to do? I mean, how many people have those kind of friends in their life um, some do. I think they're blessed to have them. Some do not. And and is that person really helping you get to heaven?
2: Yeah. And I, I I recently um was feeling like I wanted to take my faith to the next level, kick it up a notch. You know. And I went through this program actually with you guys too, called Exodus ninety. But uh, during that, I again I wanted to take my faith to the next level, take it up a notch. And I, I had never met with a spiritual director before, and I wanted to, and so this man was recommended to me by the name of Deacon Pat.
1: Oh, stay and, away from him. <laughs> so I don't
2: know if that's a conflict of interest here, but you know, yeah, it was it was actually you, most holy Deacon, and Deacon Pat. That reminds me, on on the, on the way here, uh, just earlier today, I told my boys I was going out to hang out with some guys and. Well, they asked me who, and I said, Oh, Deacon Pat and, and and Daryl." And what came out of my mouth, I thought was Deacon Pat. What they heard was Dingbat. <laughs> it it's it <laughs> And they're like, "Dingbat? You're going to dingbats? No, no, Deacon Pat." <laughs> That's so funny. So, so I, you know, and, and I, I, when, when, we, when we met, you know, I, uh, I was. I was wanting, like I said, I was wanting to go go deeper in my faith. I felt like there was something missing from my life. And after we talked, you know, it was, I, I, it wasn't really even what you said per se that, well, it was what we said, but what came, what what the end result was of our session was just that, you know, I need to spend more time in prayer, you know? And that's what we've been talking about tonight is spending that time in prayer. And I, and I, I, um, I just felt like I needed that, that sense of peace to come, and and about the decision I was making, and you know you're like yeah you need to spend time in prayer in front of the Blessed Sacrament you know and I think we 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 think for we we think and we seek techniques and the one trick, but what God calls us back to is is simplicity, in uh, in this complicated world we have, and simplicity of going back, seeing Him in front of the blessed sacrament and spending quiet time in front of him.
0: Uh, Fulton Sheen actually recommended that all religious clergy spend 1 hour in front of the blessed sacrament and then for lay people he recommended that you spend 15 or 20 minutes. So, um yeah, just thought I'd throw that in. Yeah. Is that every day? Is that every day saying? of yeah. uninterrupted yeah. prayer time? And it's cuz in in our in the world today things move so quickly, there's so much technology and there's just our brains move so fast, we're so constantly consumed with activity that it's, it's almost necessary to just have that uninterrupted period of prayer where we can quiet down our minds and be able to hear God speak. Um, one thing that I like to do at the end of the day is to, is to kind of do a review of my day, do an examination of conscience. And then that I always ask myself, what things did I do throughout the day that were for wealth, power, pleasure, honor? And I'll end up inevitably finding that there was something I did throughout the day that ended up, which the goal of that action was to seek one of those things, wealth, power, pleasure, honor. But yeah, just having that silent time in prayer. And I think that's why going in front of the Blessed Sacrament is so important too, because it's just, for one thing, it's just a place for silence, which we need so badly today. I think Amen. it was
1: Father Larry Richards, he was saying that, because um, he's a proponent, he said, as, for, as long as he can remember that he spent an hour a day in front of the Blessed Sacrament, and he's, he says everybody should do that, but he knows that that probably isn't possible for some, because of their calling in life you know, because of your job or because of your children or whatever. But he says, you know, when things get tougher and it seems like you have less and less time to do that is actually when you need to do that more and more.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When you feel more separated or more distracted in life is when you need to reunite with Christ the most mm-hmm. in your life. So here's a question for you. Um, we, we haven't really talked about the sacraments yet. We haven't talked about communion or, or, or more especially Um, confession so in light of discerning things in your life where does confession um, the sacrament of reconciliation play a part in this and I think where I'm going with this and you guys take it wherever you want but you know all of us are sinners we all sin in our life Um, some of us more than others at the other end of the table. No, I'm kidding. Hey, come on. (laughs) But no. You're But
2: That's the the mirror you're looking at.
1: Oh, whoops. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, no, but um, in all seriousness, we, we are sinners. We sin in our life. And when we sin, we put up obstacles, you know, to God's grace. And when the more we sin, the more blocks there are to his grace, the more his grace is blocked or reflected away from us the less we can see god in the things around us so how would how does confession play a part in being able to being able to discern god's will in our life do you guys have any thoughts about that
2: well d- doing an an examination of conscience is a as a reality check with where you're at with god if if you do a good examination right if you're not doing a good examination and you and you uh Go and go in there. You know, you're, I don't. I don't know that it can have as much of an effect on changing your life as as it could. And I, I think as you go through, I don't know, as I've gotten older, I think I I, 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 grow. You know, every day I grow a little closer, hopefully, to what reality really is, Re- the reality of who I am, what I'm capable of, um, both good and bad, and and so. You know, knowing where you're at and and with God is just a key component of moving forward. Because if if you have sin in your life that's preventing you from living to your full potential, you you're not going to hear God. You're not going to be able to to make. You're not gonna, going to be able to discern, um, and you're not going to be able to to live fully for Him. So, so I mean, the act of contrition, you know, where it says that. Uh, you're fully sorry for your sins. And help me, you know, you're acting, God, to, to help you amend your life. You know, you want to amend it. You want to get closer to him.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. And uh, and I still just love the idea that when you go to confession and you bear your soul, um, what a cleansing action that is. And I don't know about you guys, but when I hear those words of absolution, um, something just interiorly just just changes within me i can feel so much lighter and cleaner and 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 pure um it's kind of addicting in some ways so um, not that i want to sin but um but the idea of having that removed from my soul
0: um something that we young adults talk about quite a bit is having an encounter with jesus something that young people really um talk about quite a bit i always like to think of confession as an encounter um, encounters don't have to be these uh, extremely emotive, grand experiences. But every time you go to confession, it is an encounter with Jesus. Because when, when the priest is speaking to you, saying that your sins are forgiven, he's speaking in persona Christi. So I like to think of the priest, when I hear that, I like I like to think of Jesus saying that directly to me and hearing that directly from Jesus. Because every time you go to confession, it's that encounter with Jesus that, you know, we talk about quite a bit. Wonderful thoughts, wonderful thoughts, I, I think.
1: Um, <clears throat> one of the things I was pretty uh, blessed with is um, kind of getting back to that spiritual director, having someone in your life that can help guide you. I Liz and I had the same spiritual director um, in in Vina, California. He was a hermit monk, and he had been at this monastery for most of his life, I think he just had his 92nd birthday um, recently, and um, he, he lived an hour away from us, so we would drive. Sometimes we'd go separately, sometimes we'd go together, but I, I think, for me, part of the most profound part of that spiritual direction was that hour drive and preparation of seeing him, where I had to really reflect upon my my week or my month, however long it had been since I saw him. And really think things through deeply now in reality we should be doing that every night when before we go to bed Daryl, you talked about an examination of conscience Mm -hmm. and you did too Mike as well how important that is but there's something about preparing for a visit with a spiritual director where you want to go deep and think about really who you are what has God been doing in your life what are you supposed to be striving for and it's in that preparation really for that encounter with God, isn't, isn't that what we're doing with spiritual direction? We're putting ourselves in front of someone that we see as holy and wise and to be that reflection of God in our lives. Well, I just look at, at the clock, <clears throat> and it looks like we're at 30 minutes already, you guys. And um, that's pretty much our time. Any last thoughts you guys want to end with tonight before we close?
2: Well, we, there's so much more we could talk about with discernment, right? I think one, one thing r- real quick is just keeping in mind you know, anytime, anything you're discerning, how does it fit in light of your vocation? You know, for me, I'm a, I'm a husband and I'm a father. So any decision I make has to be supporting those roles in my life.
1: Well, I'd like to thank both of you for coming tonight and spending some time on the Idaho Catholic Podcast. And for you, our listeners, we'd like to thank you for listening to Idaho Catholic Podcast, a weekly reflection and discussion on living the faith in the modern world. We hope you have a wonderful and God-centered week full of peace, happiness, and joy. May God forever keep you. Until next week, God bless.